0: And turn to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. For those of you that... um, Actually, Wednesday night, we, kinda, we started on this sermon, and so I kind of gave, some of you that come on Wednesday nights, you, gotta, you got the introduction already, so just bear with me as um, I help get everyone else up to speed um, today. Let's pray. Lord God, your word is truth. There's not anything in it, Lord God, that that doesn't speak the truth about me and each person sitting in here. So, Lord, reveal your truths to each person. Help me to guide, lead, and instruct. And, Lord God, let your ways be known to every man teach your word, and let it pierce the hearts of each person here today. In Jesus' name, amen. I've kind of been in an attitude of prayer all day, all morning, ever since I arrived. I don't know what, I, I don't, can't explain what's going on. Um, it's a heaviness, uh, not a depression, but just a heaviness. So, and it may just be that this sermon has to come out. So, I want to talk to you a little bit about Christian biology. Well, let's just talk about biology. Um, I gave the definition of biology Wednesday night, and um, I made a little note in my Bible. Biology, if you want to write this down, biology, biology, B-I-O-L-O-G-Y. We used to have to take it in school. Remember that? I don't know if they still have been out of school so long. I don't know if they're still teaching or not. But biology is simply this, the study of living organisms. Biology is the study of living organisms. Okay? You're going to study their physiology. You're going to study their behavior. And you're going to study their qualities. This is what identifies something. So when you look at Christian biology, okay, you're studying basically living organisms. As Christians, we are alive. We're not dead. We're never dead. If you're a born-again believer in Christ, you are what? You are what? Are you sure? <laughs> Let me ask you this. Are you sleep this morning? <laughs> okay, Jamie, sleep. Thank you. The study of living organisms once again their behaviors their their physiologies how they're made up and and their qualities there's a quality there's a trait that's in every christian god imputes that on us he places that on us and there's certain things about christianity that that identify christians Uh, we spend time talking about it in sunday school i've been talking about it for a long time now there's things that identify you as a christian okay and it's all coming from within okay it all comes from within. And when I say it comes from within, I mean that it, it's God has, has taken it and he's placed it in you through the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? Each one of us are, are, are given a gift. When we were given this gift of grace and God poured out his life, everything into us, he literally poured everything into us, y'all. For the purpose of salvation, for the purpose of witnessing, for the purpose of coming to, 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 to getting others to, to come nearer to Christ. I often think about my calling. And, you know, you ever, you ever been in a job or a role? This is not a job for me. This is, this is a calling. But you ever been in a job or a role and wondered what, what your purpose was? Have you ever been there? Anyone? Anyone? Just kind of been there like, man, what am I supposed to be doing? What am I, you know, or in the ministry, what am I supposed to be doing? And, 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 you know, you want that answer and you try to wait patiently for that answer. Sometimes it comes, sometimes it doesn't. But God has already placed it there. It's just there's so much going on in your life that you can't see it, recognize it, hear it. You ever been there? Okay. In chapter 3, verse 1 of James. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior, his deeds, and the gentleness of wisdom. Now, once again, in the study of Christian biology or the biology of a Christian, there's things that, there's a key word here in this verse, and it says show. Let him show. Let him show. Let him show it by his good behavior his deeds. Wow, that gets pretty deep when you think about it. We've been talking, yes, Jamie. James chapter 3, verse 13. Okay. <laughs> Go to 3 and 13. And thank you, Jamie, for asking the question. Because guess what you all going to do? Well, pastors led us the wrong way again. James chapter 3, verse 13. Thank you for listening. I'm going to read the scripture again now. Who among you is wise? Jamie. In understanding? Jamie. Because he raised his hand. Let him show by his good behavior his deeds and the gentleness of wisdom. Let him show. Once again, I'll repeat myself. He Show it by his good behavior. He identifies himself as a wise person by his deeds, his good behavior. So there's things that are going on in his life. In his Christian biology, in his makeup, and his qualities, there's things that are going on in his life that identify him as a wise person. As a wise person. And that he does understand. That he's wise and he understands. You know, some of us think we get God. And some of us are so far from getting God. We think we know what he likes and what he doesn't like. We think we know what he approves of and what he doesn't approve of. Don't we? We think God believes. Yes, some some of us, some days, it's like, you know, God just doesn't like that. I preached a sermon probably 10 years ago. My family will remember it. Where I I used to to just rub my hair the wrong way. I know you're laughing at that. But he used to rub my hair the wrong way when someone said, God don't like ugly. I don't like ugly. Now, I'm not talking about ugly people. We're talking about ugly attitudes and all this other stuff. Well, you know, who are we to determine that? God is the one that determines that, doesn't he? But you have a standard and rules and guidelines that you live by and you stand by that identifies to you what's ugly, what's right, what's wrong, right? When God has placed in us his Holy Spirit to identify what's ugly, what's right, and what's wrong. What has happened down the road is, is we've made a determination of what is ugly, what's right, and what's wrong. And it takes us away from what God has determined what it is. So instead of us trying to judge and determine what's right, what's ugly, and what's wrong, God said, if you are wise and understanding, let, let him show by his good behavior, his deeds, in the gentleness of wisdom. Now this is very, a very good word, gentleness. When you think about gentleness, it's, it's, it's not your nice, soft toilet paper, okay, that doesn't irritate you, okay? It's not a good Kleenex that don't, doesn't irritate your nose. Gentleness is behavior that's not reactionary. Gentleness is not a behavior that gets on a bandwagon and gets excited over the news of the day or the latest word that was just heard. Gentleness, gentleness and wisdom. Is, it, it hears and it listens and it and it processes and it, and it and it and it prays and it works in that fashion. See, this is part of the biology of a living person, of a, of a living Christian. They're gentle, but they're wise. Gentle, but wise. Verse 14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. In other words, admit it. If you've got bitter jealousy, if there's that one that you just can't deal with, if there's that, that, that subject that you just can't talk about, and you know it, it rubs you the wrong way, you know it irritates you, the wise person, guess what they do? They admit it, and they let God deal with it. See, the Holy Spirit in you can deal with a lot of things if you let it, but part of it is admitting and letting it. I struggle with this. I struggle with that. I struggle, I struggle, I struggle, I struggle. I got it. Then admit that to the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit teach you. Let the Holy Spirit teach you. Let the Holy Spirit correct you. See, that's part of your biology. The living things have the biology, have the makeup of Christ. They have it in them. And they work according to that biology. They work according to those behaviors. Do you? Do you? Verse 15. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above. This wisdom that that lets you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition ambition in the heart and and the arrogance and and the lying and all these things. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, and demonic. Demonic. When you allow yourself to be that bitter Angry person, that deceitful person, that person that carries grudges, that person. Guess what? That, that, that's not the sign of a living organism, a Christian living organism. That's not identifying you. That's not your biology any longer. Those things, are, they're not coming from God. When you can stand in the halls of work or church or, or in the aisle in the grocery store and have a conversation about someone else that's derogatory. That is not wisdom. I don't care what you caught them doing. I don't care what you think about their political views. I don't care what you think about what they're wearing. That is not spiritual wisdom from above, but it is earthly and it is demonic. I, I'm not going to be as bold to say we don't have that problem. I'm not going to be as bold to say that no one in here is exhibiting that trait. I'm not going to do that. That's something that you have to work out. But, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not just speaking to the guys. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you something. The things about God, the things about God that we're so far off base on is unbelievable. We sit down and we study and we read his word and we we want it to speak to us. But we can't get through a lot of different things because we're so... We're so embedded in certain things in our religion and in, our, in, our, in what we call faith. We really are. I'm going to use Miss Pam as an example. She shared something with us this morning in Sunday school. We had brought up the subject, you know, I brought up the little fish and the rings and the, all this other stuff last week. And she went home and she studied it deeper. She went home and she studied it deeper. And she found... Miss Pam, I hope you don't mind. As she studied, and and please, I, I I really request that everything that you're taught across this pulpit, that you study, that you get a deeper knowledge of it, even than what you can get here in 30, 40, 45 minutes. But she went home and she studied further. and She said, Brother David, what we found out as I kept studying is that it goes even deeper than what you taught. The things that we think that are okay and the things that, none of it is in the Word of God. None of it's in the Bible. My sister was at the house yesterday and we were talking about things. Bonnie and I were talking about things and we were talking about what we're teaching. And my sister, she said, you know, as we were revealing things and what we're learning and all that, she said, We're going to be amazed when we get to heaven at how little we actually know. And I'm teaching you this today. Y'all know I'm kind of pushy, right? John, if you agree with that, okay, or you can stop, son, I got you. I'm pushy. But do you understand what's being revealed every time you get pushed? Do you understand what's getting revealed every time you get that shove? Do you get it? See, there's some of us that still walk out of here day in and day out and think that we are here, and we're really not. We're here. And, I, I, and I'm not trying to bring you down. I'm trying to get you to go in that right direction. But there's some things that you got to shave off. There's still more things that you have to shave off. Because you don't look like a living creature. You don't look like a living Christian. Your biology doesn't do that. It doesn't, it doesn't look like it. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that from me looking at you. I'm saying you even know within your own heart that you don't look right. You know within your own heart that you just don't look right. You know there's that extra thing that you need to do. There's the extra step you need to take. You know it, and you, you but you have difficulty taking it. And I know I'm not the only one that feels that way. Because I feel that way about my own self, y'all. You, you see what I'm saying? So this is not me standing over you in judgment telling you what you're not doing. This is me telling you I can relate. Guys, I want to be so much more than what I am right now. Christ died for me. We sing songs that praise his name and and honor him and all of these things, but... The level of inadequacy I feel in my own personal life. It just, the more I learn about him, I'm like Paul. He went from the least of the apostles to the chief of all sinners. And that's the way I'm going. And I'm praising God I'm getting pushed that way because guess what? It's causing me to really look deeper and deeper at every comma and every period here in his word. And when I look at my own biology, and I'm looking for the physiology. I'm looking for the behaviors, and I'm looking for the qualities. And then I ask myself about wisdom, and I ask myself, not, did that come from the earth, or did that come from above? Is that demonic, or is it spiritual? Is it natural, or is it supernatural? I ask myself those questions day in and day out. Am I the only one? Good. There should be a church full of people here that profess Christ asking those same questions. There should be, every one of you should have that question. And then, but here's the key. Then God, He graciously, lovingly, kindly gives us our answer. And what do we do? We close our Bible. And walk away and don't accept the truth about ourselves in our current state. We've done just enough to get into heaven, and that's good enough for me. Right? Thank you. It better not be. If that's good enough for you, we're in bad shape. We're in bad shape. I'm going to share some good news with you. I had two great days. I had a bunch of great days because God got me up every day. But Tuesday, I was asked by another church member to go by and see a a family. And I went over to see the family. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you how this divine appointment works. Because I was sitting there and I was like, okay, what do I do? And I had asked, I said, do they have cats? And uh, it's sad when you had to ask that question. That's your first question, well, do they have cats? And this person said, well, I don't know, but I'll ask. And, 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 And all things came about, and I went. I went. I walked in the house. And when I walked in the house, there was one of those cat climbing things. You know, it's got all the levels in the little house, you know, like, why do cats have to have a special place to go sit? Why can't they be like a dog and sit on the floor like everybody else? But they got to be up here. I know why, because they're evil and they think they're above everyone else. But anyway, <laughs> so here's the thing. I walk in the house and I see it. And in my mind, I said, oh, my, they have cats. Now, y'all know my history with cats, right? I got an EpiPen, you know, who called Bonnie, he can't breathe, he's dying, uh, stick him, you know, all that stuff. And that's what happens when I get near cats, okay? But then I walk in, I said, oh my, they have cats. I didn't say it out loud, it was in my mind. But my heart said, go in. So I went in. The gentleman that I was there to see was sitting there, and I shook his hand and introduced myself. His wife came over, I shook her hand and introduced myself. And when I did, I looked down and I saw a cat about the size of that speaker. (laughs) (laughs) We made eye contact. I looked at it, whatever it was, it looked at me. I'm thinking in my mind, I'm not here for you, cat. I'm here for another reason. So the gentleman says, well, sit down. I said, I'll sit over here. And I sat in this leather chair. Didn't want to risk anything with cat hair. This man has stage four cancer. And this scripture was on my mind. The the wisdom, not from being a, I didn't need to be earthly. I didn't need to be demonic. I needed to tell him the truth. And the conversation started about like ours did, Jamie, when I went in and saw you in the hospital. Straight to the word. I said, here's why I'm here. I said, I'm not here to tell you that I can pray you can get well. I'm not here to tell you that I'm going to pray your cancer goes away. I said, God is is more concerned about your eternal situation than he is your earthly situation right now. I'm not here to pray healing over you. I said, you're you're scared because you're this close to death. That's why I'm here today. And you don't know where you're going to spend eternity. This was the conversation, y'all. It was just like this. You don't know where you're going to spend eternity. And he said, yeah, you're right. I said, that's why I'm here. I said, we can pray and we're going to pray. And I'm going to tell you the good news of Jesus Christ. And when we're done and you've accepted, you have believed on the Lord Jesus, you have believed in him, your cancer may still be there, but that's all right. I had to explain to him, hey, and I'm going to explain to every Christian in here, we are all going to die. You hear me? This right here is going to cease to exist. Get that in your head right now. Quit accepting. Quit saying. Well, we'll just pray for them, and they'll. Listen. If it's not the will of God, they're going to die. We're not here to prepare them to live another twenty years of their life on this earth. We're here to prepare them to live eternity in heaven. That's got to be your prayer. Does God heal? Yes, I've seen it. I've experienced it. There's a. There's one right there. He heals. There's another one right there, Miss Millie. There's, he heals, doesn't he? There's another one sitting next to Miss Millie. But get it straight. The earthly wisdom is not to go over and pray over and pray they get better. The earthly, the, the spirit, that's the earthly wisdom. The spiritual wisdom is to pray that God saves their soul. So we got done. He prayed his prayer. He didn't repeat after me. He didn't quote. He didn't hold up his Bible and say, blah, 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 blah. He prayed a prayer of faith and put his trust in God. Because I told him, I said, the problem is you don't have peace about your relationship with Christ. And he said, no, I don't. His wife did. And he prayed and he's saved today by the grace of God. That's what happened. You see, that's the wisdom that comes from above. That's the wisdom that works and changes things. That, and then, hey, guess what I got to experience? My true Christian biology was not to go over and talk about the weather, was not to go over and make him feel good about his situation, but it was telling him, "Hey, death is knocking on your door. This body's going to cease to exist." You better get it right with Christ. That woo. Now you want to know where you are, your Christian makeup? Go out and witness to someone. You'll find it. It'll happen. When we got done praying, he still had cancer. But he's saved. So anyway, I'm in the house, right? Let's not forget about this cat. And while we was praying, guess what walked behind me? Another one about that big. There was two of them rascals in there. And do you know what happened? I didn't wheeze, didn't wet, didn't swell up, didn't whelp up. Didn't water. Eyes didn't water. It was a divine appointment that was from above. And God stopped the allergy. He stopped the cat. And even the man that was sick, he told that cat, get on out of here. (laughs) Because guess what I had to do? I had to use those cats as part of the witnessing. I said, I told him, I said, let me tell you how important this is. I said, I'm deathly allergic to cats. i whooped out my EpiPen. I told him, I said, listen, I got an EpiPen. I took a Benadryl before I came over. Now, when I got back, I got me a good 30-minute nap. Don't y'all fire me for sleeping on the job, because I had sleep. That Benadryl kicked in after that adrenaline kicked up. That was the best 30-minute nap I had in a while. I said, but I'm allergic to them. I said, but God is keeping them. It's kind of like when Joshua was fighting and he kept the sun behind him. God kept him at bay. That's when I knew about my Christian makeup. That's when I knew about my Christian biology. And that's when I knew about the first trait that we need to understand about our Christian makeup. And that's having peace in our life about what God is doing. I had complete peace. Y'all, those were some big cats. And they were hairy. It wasn't like them little skinny ugly cats, you know, them little ugly cats that don't have any hair on them. This one, these had hair. When they, I'm telling you, when they walked, it was puffing off them like pig pen, just poof. You know, I'm like, man, that was a lot of hair. And God stopped it. Because that man needed Jesus, and I was the one to do it. He went before me. And he, but here's what he did, Miss Patsy. He gave me peace. Because, see, that's what we're going to talk about here. I know I'm still preaching. We'll be all right. Listen to this. See, that's, see anything else, that's part of my biology. That's one of the qualities that he give, he's given me. And you know what? I only recognize it when I'm preaching his word. I'm only recognizing it when I'm doing his work. See, the problem why we can't recognize it is because we're not always preaching his word and doing his work. That's why you walk around confused about what should I be doing, what I shouldn't. It's real simple. Preach the gospel. So let me tell you what happened Wednesday. We had a wonderful lady, Barbara. What was Barbara's last name? Parks? Yeah. She came and she spoke. And she brought some visitors. Well, after all of it was done, we sat there. After everything was done, I went back to my office. One of the visitors came and asked Jim if he was the pastor. Surprised he didn't say yes. But anyway, (laughs) are you the pastor? He said no. (laughs) Not crazy. Just a deacon. And And he brought him to me. Guess what? Guess what? He got more than some Jesus. He got all of Jesus. An hour and a half later, after we sat there and talked and we prayed and and, and we were talking, he was like, he was struggling with this. Let me tell you what he was struggling with. Look at verse 14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. Guess what? That was that man's struggle. And the gospel had to come out and tell him, this is why. There's no peace in your heart. He said, what can I do? Well, at the end of that hour and a half, guess where we were? Right here. And I wasn't saying repeat after me or say these words and all that stuff. All I did was watch that man cry and say, Lord, take my life. And all I could do was praise God for that prayer. He got up, say, and here's what what really freaked me out. When he got done, I said, what just happened? He said, it just thundered, and it did. I said, that ain't never happened before. (laughs) Man got saved and serious. It went boom. I was like, woo. I mean, I'm like, well. He started laughing. He hugged me. We were crying. The first day I ever met this man. It was irrelevant. He got right. He got saved. He got saved. Jesus saved him. He walked out of here praising God and then showed up for church Wednesday night. Whew. You know that's when it stuck. <laughs> I ain't going to say nothing about that. Verse 16 For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. Where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there's disorder in every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is first pure. This is verse 17, chapter 3, verse 17. Chapter 3, verse 17. There you go. This is the, the wisdom from above is first what? Pure. That means it's, not adulter- it's unadulterated. Nothing's modified it. Nothing's changed it. Nothing's got in there and influenced it. You got to make sure that the wisdom that you have from above is not adulterated, Uh, it's not modified, has not been changed, has not been anything else. It's got to be pure. And the only way you're going to keep knowing that is if you keep presenting the gospel. Because then you start seeing lives change and you don't see all of these other things going on in the world. All you got is one message preach the gospel. Then you don't need a t shirt to do it. I'm bringing up Sunday school now. You don't need a t shirt to do it. You don't need a a, a cross to do it. The cross was the work of Jesus. You don't need anything to do it but your work in Christ. Your words coming out of your mouth, God's words coming out of your mouth. You don't need something to get you started. You don't need something to introduce the gospel. You go in, you look the cat in the eyeball, and you tell him, I ain't here for you. I'm here for this man. You stand flat-footed, and you tell him the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's pure. See, we often pick, and I brought this up in Sunday school, too. I I might as well just teach the Sunday school lesson, but I brought this up. Here, we, we always pick on people that say, Jesus plus, Jesus plus. Well, Jesus, you know, the Galatians, the Judaizers. They you always used to say, yeah, the gospel is good, but do this also. Well, when we do it, it's the same thing, y'all. Well, I got to have this little symbol to t- It helps me to introduce. So you're saying the power of the Holy Spirit, because see, the power of the Holy Spirit is what introduces and it gives you the, the boldness. So you replacing the Holy Spirit. With a banner, with a cross. With a Sticker. Are you? Where did John and Peter have? Were they walking around with tracks? Like I said, was Jesus walking around preaching? I know I'm duplicating myself. Was he? No. It's the power of the Spirit and it's pure. It is just the Holy Spirit that's at work in you. And just let the Holy Spirit work, y'all. That's it. So it's pure. It's kind of like pure cane sugar, you know what pure cane sugar is? What is pure cane sugar? It ain't none of the other stuff that was made out of chemicals. Oh that stuff sugar it's got too many it's got too many calories. it's not good for you, but you can make something in a pot that'll be healthier than something that just that God created. you want to tell me that okay, pure it's like. How many we're breathing air, right? How many of you breathing air right now? Raise your hand. Okay, some of you ain't breathing. So start breathing before you die. If you're breathing air right now, do you need something else in it to make it work? Huh? You don't even add nothing to the air, are you? Then if that's all you need to live, to be alive, then breathe the air. If that's all you need, To do what? To present the gospel? Then just present the gospel. Don't chase it down with anything else. Look at verse 18. 17, I'm sorry. But the wisdom from above is first pure. It's unadulterated. Then it is peaceable. Now here's the whole message, and then we're going to stop. In about 10 minutes. It's peaceable. You know what peaceable is? is when you seek to live a life that's not confrontational or argumentative. Hmm. See, this is the first thing that's, this is one of the, the second thing that's missing in the Christian biology, is we're not seeking the life that's not confrontational and argumentative. Nowhere in the Bible does Jesus tell us to argue about the gospel. Who's heard that? And yet day in and day out, we stand out on the street. We have people standing out on the street corners yelling and screaming the gospel at, G- at people. Huh? Jesus was peaceable. So should we be peaceable. That's part of our makeup. Well, Brother David, we have to stand and fight for the gospel. You have to fight it the way Jesus told you to fight it. You can't fight it your way. This can't become your spiritual club. Okay? This cannot become your spiritual club because it's, look, it says wisdom from above is first pure. It's unadulterated and then it's peaceable. Guess what that means? If it's peaceable, it comes and it's in an environment that is peaceful. It's coming from a person that is peaceful. Well, how do we know? Take your Bibles. Turn to Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. Just so you know what peaceable is. Luke chapter 23, verse 1. Then the whole body of them got up and brought him before Pilate, and they began to accuse him saying, We found this man misleading our nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, and saying that he himself is Christ, a king. So Pilate asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, It is as you say. Verse 4, Then Pilate said to the chief priest and the crowds, I find no guilt in this man. But they kept on insisting, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching all over Judea, um, starting from Galilee, even as far as this place. When Pilate heard it, he asked whether the man was a Galilean. And when he heard, when he learned that he belonged to Herod's Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself was in Jerusalem at that time. Now look at verse 8. Now Herod was very glad when he saw Jesus, for he had wanted to see him for a long time because he had been hearing about him and was hoping to see some sign performed by him. And he questioned him at some length. Now look at verse 9. But he answered him nothing. And the chief priest and the scribes were standing there, accusing him vehemently. And Herod, with his soldiers, after treating him with contempt and mocking him, dressed him in a gorgeous robe and sent him back to Pilate. Now Herod and Pilate became friends with one another that very day, for before they, were, they had been enemies with each other. Guess what happened? Jesus... Remained peaceable even under threat, even under accusation, even under the point of death. He had a peaceable nature about him. He didn't argue. He didn't answer Herod. He didn't argue about it. Pilate said, are are, are you the king? He said, it is as you say. Peaceable. Peaceable. The gospel has got to be presented in a peaceable way. You, as a Christian, are a peaceable person. Don't you get that? That's part of your biology. The gospel's not going to come out you, you, while well, well, Alabama's running the football down the field and whatever your football player's name is is about to cross the goal line and everybody's going, run, Forrest, run, and all this other stuff. All of that is happening. When all of that is going on, do you think there's someone in the stand looking at the next person that's hollering, run, Forrest, run, going, now Jesus Christ died for your sin. No! He's not doing it there. It's not a peaceable situation. It's not a peaceful situation, is it? See, that's part of your makeup. You need to be a peaceful person, not argumentative, not destructive, not accusational, not reactive, but peaceful. Go back to James chapter 3. He says, peaceable, gentle, reasonable, Full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy. This is the end of verse 17. Now, verse 18. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness. Some of your versions may say, and the fruit of righteousness. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. In other words, a peaceful state is when it's done. You're at peace and you're able to do it. Let me tell you something. When I walked in the house and I saw that cat tree, whatever you think, the house thing, and I said they had cats. The peace in me said, go in. You hear, my, hear what I'm saying? The peace, so the, the fruit of righteousness, what was sown at that time, was done in complete peace. I had no worry about not one cat hair. I, didn't, I wouldn't have cared if that cat came up and licked me at that time. Big, fat, hairy deal. I had peace about it, and I was able to just sit there because God had given me his peace. And he he let it come out in my biology. You see what I'm saying? Don't forget about the biology. He let it come out. It's sown in peace by those who make peace. By those who are constantly seeking after, to constantly be in fellowship, and a good standing with each other, and the brothers and sisters in Christ not going out mad, not walking around in a huff just because they voted this way and they voted that way and they don't agree, none of that. The peace, the righteousness is sown by peaceable people living in peace with each other. Do you understand that? See, that's the wisdom, that's the way it works. That's the way it works. We're not standing up in Washington, D.C., screaming at the Capitol. You know what we do? We walk up, and we pull up in a chair next to him, and we sit down. And we tell them the good news of Jesus Christ in peace, because we have peace. Get it? Jesus stood and got accused, but he didn't ever become reactionary. He never became out of control. He had peace as part of his biology. And then when he said, I'm leaving my spirit, the comforter is going to come, the helper is going to come. He didn't tell us that the helper was going to come and, 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 and do the, all the work for us. The helper was going to come and do just that. He's going to help us. He's going to strengthen us for the purpose. We're going to do the help through the help, do the work through the helper. By his power, by his spirit, we're going to do it. And we've got to quit adding things. And, and, and altering things. Let it be pure. Then you'll find your way. Let it be peaceable. And then you'll know how to react. So everybody, you can close your Bibles now. Everybody's got their Bible closed? Go ahead and zip them up. Those who zip theirs up, so you don't have to worry about trying to do it quietly. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more frustrating than someone trying to zip quietly. We can hear you. Zip it. <laughs> OK? Got your Bibles closed. You got them zipped up. Huh? Your zippers stuck. Well, you just put that zipper on there, didn't you? OK. Everybody's Bible closed? Mine's closed. Yours closed? Everybody's closed, right? Okay, good. What did you just hear today? What's the message? Huh? Say Say what? Biology of, a biology of a Christian. What's the biology of a Christian? What's the makeup? Somebody else. Peaceable. Okay. But what's the definition of the biology? Huh? Study, of Study of living organisms. They're what? They're what? They're physiology, physiology? stop. One. What's the other one? Huh? The quality. the quality is very good. And then what else? Their nature? Did somebody say nature? I just gave you the answer. It's nature. <laughs> Anything and, and, and one of those things. One of the things. That's a sign that it hasn't come from God is what? Demonic. Demonic. What's the other one? Natural. What else? Earthly. Earthly. If you struggle with what things, though? Starts with selfish, a ambition. selfish ambition. What else? Jealousy. Jealousy. What else? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Now, with all that said, and we know that it's pure. And then also, our biology is what else? It's peaceable, right? And peaceable means what? Answer? Non-confrontational. Non-confrontational. What else? Not argumentative. long suffering It wasn't a word we use, but that's a good one, though. Not reactionary. Very good. Okay, now we know that. So now, we know that if we want to find out what we're supposed to be doing, then we do what in a peaceable way? Say what? So peace, we we sow what in peace though, righteousness in peace. The gospel of the Jesus of Jesus Christ is sown in peace. Very good. You passed. <laughs> now, all that happened for a reason. Why did I just ask you? Make, now make sure you listen to show you right now. Everyone in here is without excuse. So, when you show up at your workplace, or you show up at the restaurant, or you show up at the gas station, what are you? And when you show up and that person says, Get out of my face, Christian, you are what? Yes. When they come up to your boss and say, That person over there tried to talk to me about Jesus, you do what? You say, It is as you say. Well, if you keep doing that, I'm going to take you to HR. -er. Got your attention. I'm going to take you to HR. (laughs) And when they take you to HR, are you preaching the gospel out there on the floor? What are you going to say? We're going to have to let you go. And your peace better still be there. But David, I make $120,000 a year. Well, so did I. Big, Yeah, not no more. Big, fat, hairy deal. (laughs) When the cats in life want to stop you, listen to the Spirit and remain peaceable. Any questions? Everyone in here is accountable from this point forward. I suggest you start in your own life correcting things that are not peaceable. I suggest you start today. Okay? Every head bow, every eye close. You don't have a peaceful nature about your life. You can come and you can pray about it now. You can pray right there. If you need help praying, grab someone. Let them pray with you. And as they sing and as they play, come as you need to. Come as you need to. This song is talking about, I want to see Jesus. Do you really want to see him? Do you really want to see him? Well, the way you want to see Jesus is in your own life right now. Right now. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today can be the day that you can do it. And you can have that peace. Don't be bashful. Don't be shy. The scripture we just read is don't sit there in jealous um, ambition and bitterness and lie to the truth. If that is your battle right now, you need to get up and you need to let God change your life right now. Don't worry about what someone else is saying. Don't worry about what they're thinking. Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus Amen. to reach out.